Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <laughs> This is Reasons to be Cheerful with Ed Miliband and Jeff Lloyd. Happy Christmas! Happy Christmas to you and to all our listeners. I'm so touched that you chose to spend it with me rather than your family. I know. Well, I just felt, you know, it was just a very special time. And, <laughs> we've, we've... and they've, they understand, you know, it's a bit like when you're sort of dating someone for the first time, you know, you go to one set of parents or another. And they understand <laughs> that. This year, I'm spending it with you. And, you know, next year, I'll... I'll hopefully be back with them and it's always yeah, alternate we'll, each year we'll, we'll see about that yeah, yeah. maybe i can come we got christmas crackers great we, let's, 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 we should start yeah, by pulling one definitely we? oh you won yeah but i'm not bitter you, we, we better pull another one hang on, i'm just gonna put my hat on my crown it, it's a very it's a very sort of fetching orange hat it is which is my color um all right here we go i'm gonna let you win this one <laughs> did you do that have you ever pulled a cracker before i have yeah but you're about to win again right I'm gonna ed, put ed my, has a purple crown i'm, I'm gonna have an put orange my one. purple one on do you want to hear my joke yep definitely question yeah what did santa say to the smoker i don't know what did santa say to the smoker please don't smoke it's bad for my elf oh dear <laughs> right you want to hear mine <laughs> there was an optimism there you expected what it do to you be a call a cat in the desert I don't know. What do you call a cat in a desert? Sandy claws. <laughs> do you love Christmas? I, d- I do like Christmas, yeah. Um, so I'll always have the Christmas music going yeah. on Christmas morning. And only in recent years have I involved myself in the um, in the cooking of Christmas dinner. So I'm vegetarian, so I don't have any turkey to no. worry about. Um, but two years ago was my first attempt at cooking a proper Christmas dinner. How did it go? Uh, we sat down at quarter past ten in the evening uh, to eat something that had originally been planned to be eaten around three in the afternoon. Was that just you and Sarah? It was just me and Sarah, yeah. But that's not the first time that's happened, is it? No, I, I'm... It's it's because I'm an optimist, basically. This is reasons to be cheerful, and I am optimistic about the amount of time it will take me to cook something. And 
Roast potatoes. Turns out far more difficult than you'd, you'd have thought. I went with the Aunt Bessies the next year, the frozen ones. Mm. What, about, what about yourself? I'm not a person who cooks on Christmas Day because I think the sort of responsibility is too great. We're at my um, – if I wasn't here, I would be with my in-laws in Nottingham. Um, and uh, my mother-in-law sort of takes care of – I mean, I'll do some chopping and washing up and everything. But I think the responsibility of cooking at Christmas feels like a bridge – sort of somewhat a bridge too far. Are you kept away – are you actively kept away from the yeah, kitchen? Yeah, kept – but I think everybody's kept away from the kitchen by my mother-in-law. As okay. long as she's in her kitchen, she'll – you know, she, she wants complete control. Do you bother with the Queen's speech? Um, uh, I'll play back. <laughs> it's not the right time. I don't. It's in the afternoon, isn't it? Mm. My my father always used to to to. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? The Marxist, you know, man who hated Britain famously. Oh, yeah. uh, he always used to want to know about the Queen's speech. He used to. His two big things were the King's College Choir on Christmas Eve, um, which I actually try and listen to, and the Queen's speech. And he would want to know what was in the Queen's speech. I think it must be a thing of an emigre, you know, that it's sort of the thing you always did. And, you know, you listen to the Queen's speech and, and then you watch the Queen's speech. He wasn't like a monarchist, but, but it's sort of but interesting. But that's an interesting thing. Like whatever your views on the monarchy, it is astonishing that we've been able to have the, the Queen on Christmas Day making this speech for our entire lives. And she's never once said anything memorable. Annas, wasn't Annas Horribilis in, or was that, uh, yeah. that, was that not in the Queen's speech message? Maybe it was in a speech. Right, yeah. I mean, we only remember that because it sounds a bit like Anus. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and, and everything else, every year she comes on for 10 minutes and you can't remember anything she's said ever. Like, you've got to respect the neutrality of that. What's your favourite thing that you enjoy uh, at Christmas? Opening the presents? Yeah, I did, would, are you extravagant gift givers? No, not really, no. It's more about our kids now. Uh, you know, I've got my birthday the day yesterday so you know it's kind of a oh of, god yeah, it's, yeah. i mean it's a two sure everybody one always present. asks you this yeah. but is that awful no it's quite nice but it's sort of you know there's a sort of joint present situation i think it's worse to have i would imagine it's worse to have worse to have your birthday after christmas because then it's sort of you're part of the hangover mm. at least you're part of the the building of the excitement, yeah. But it was all of our family. Lots of our family were clustered around Christmas. So my my grandmother was on Christmas Day. My mum is on the twenty second. My dad was on January the seventh. So we were all clustered around that time. Mm-hmm. Very fertile time, spring. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Just thanks for connecting the dots. Uh, <laughs> so, what's your favourite thing that you like doing on Christmas? Day? So, um, I, I am a big. This makes me sound very boring, which I am, but I'm a big TV watcher. Are you? So, um, I, I try to make it festive with as many sort of Christmassy films and things as possible. Really? So, we always watch The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the old '60s animation. Uh, we watch Charlie Brown. Christmas specials and Muppet Christmas Carol, which I think Michael Caine's portrayal of Scrooge in that is the best screen portrayal of Scrooge. He plays it with a completely straight bat as if he wasn't acting with a bunch of frogs and bears and whatever Gonzo is. And as, as a consequence, um, it's really, it's really something. Do you know that film? I don't really. Oh, you should just watch it. Christmas Day. I will. Me and you in a few minutes yeah, okay. once we've done this. And what about the fact that everything closes down over Christmas? Do you like that or not so much? I, I could do without that. Yeah, sort of so could I. 
but it's quite nice for the people who don't for people who don't have to, who would otherwise have be having to work. I once spent a yeah, Christmas. No, but in, what about me when I want a Twix? I once spent a Christmas in New York, and it is a completely different experience because yes. everything is open. You can go to the cinema. Yeah, um, it's just like a normal day. Well, my wife's family I've mentioned before are Jewish, and Christmas Day for them is traditionally going for Chinese food, then going to the pictures to see a film. Do you go for a walk? Do you exercise on Christmas Day? No, I mean, why, why, why change the <laughs> habits of the rest of the year? You know, why break tradition? What I don't like about a walk on Christmas Day, and you will love this, I know, is the saying Merry Christmas to everybody you encounter. Oh, that's great. But what if, what if it then led to further conversation? <laughs> <laughs> and it's animate objects. It's this animate objects problem, isn't it? It's inanimate, as you know, it's inanimate objects that I've got to be particularly careful yeah, of on, yeah, Christmas, yeah. on Christmas Day. Um, and what time do your kids get up? Oh, God. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, it's good. You know, thankfully, I'm not there today, but, you yes. know, it's be sort of, you know, five or six, I think. But, but it's sort of quite, five. quite strict, sort of. I, I mean, I think the excitement is sort of grows, you know, stronger every year. Yeah. Um, I can't quite work out whether they, how they feel, if I can put it sort of euphemistically in case they're listening about Father Christmas. I think broadly, people are positive towards him. You don't hear Broadly that much speaking, in the way of criticism. His, his approval ratings are <laughs> yeah. reasonably, reasonably high. I think he's had a few, you know, he's had a few sort of moments. PR disasters. PR disasters. <laughs> a few lost presents and stuff. <laughs> uh, have they written letters to Father Christmas? Yes, they have. Did but, you, did but, you um, proofread them first? Mm, I think Justine did. But I think, I think you know, if I can put it this way, I think... It's a sort of hedging of bets. It's a, they, they see it as a sort of max, present maximization, right? Rather than a sort of you know elf, not just an elf and reindeer situation. If you right. see what I mean. <laughs> uh, shall we talk about what we're doing here for our Christmas? Yes. Well, the sort of most kind of fun thing we're going to be doing is we are going to be playing the childhood game <laughs> that I played, Class Struggle. Uh, There's you'll... no better way to spend. <laughs> to spend Christmas Day than sitting down to a nice board game uh, which involves workers and capitalists, <laughs> as the old saying doesn't go. Uh, now, people will know about this from previous episodes. Other people play Monopoly in the Miliband household um, of Marxist academics. They had class struggle. Exactly. And we've been able to source a copy of this board game. And we're going to be going downstairs into my kitchen where we've got it all set up. We have mince pies and we have people coming around as well. We do. And we are delighted uh, to be joined by Joel Corner. And people will know Joel from uh, the Twitterverse because he set up an account called the Milliverse. Right. Uh, and we're outing him. This is the first we're time outing he's been outed him. publicly we're, we're as outing the man him. behind the man The man behind Milliverse. the Milliverse uh, will be with us playing Class Struggle, talking about the Milliverse. Uh, and also... The brilliant Bridget Christie. Like one of our finest comedians. One of our finest comedians who will also be playing. Are, yeah. are you a competitive uh, board game player or do you like, are you one of those people who hates the competition? I, I, I often will not play a game because I hate competition so Is much. Is it because you hate the losing or the sort of competition and the people get into a sort of thing? It's more that I don't need reminding that I'm a loser in life. Oh. Like, I, there's no way I'm going to win class struggle. Well, I think if we show solidarity. <laughs> 
Is that the point together. of it? Everyone work, wins. Workers of the world, you know, no, I don't think so. There, there is a nuclear war square, I'm afraid, as well, <laughs> which seems to end the game in a rather sort of final fashion. Um, so that's that's going to be happening soon. We're going to be going down into the kitchen and playing Class Struggle. But before that, we have something, um, I mean, a bit more serious. I mean, we don't want to yeah. ruin Christmas for people, but you, you know, we, we are cognizant of the fact that you know, Christmas can be tough for some people too. Yeah, and some people are lonely, and we're going to be talk- talking to two people uh, about that. We're going to be talking to Rachel Reeves, uh, my fellow Labour MP, who uh, recently produced the report of the Loneliness Commission. That was something that was set up by Joe Cox MP before she was tragically killed, and. Rachel has taken it forward, and it's dealing with the issue of loneliness in our society and what we can do, really. And then Sarah Millican, an absolutely brilliant comedian who uh, actually set up herself um, a, a, a sort of Twitter antidote to loneliness, uh, hashtag join in, which we're going to be talking about. Yeah, and then at the end of the podcast, we're all going to be doing a conga, a big festive conga. Have you organised the conga? No, I thought you were organising the conga. Oh, I thought it was you that was organising M- the maybe, conga. Maybe the conga won't be happening. Reasons to be cheerful with Ed Miliband and Jeff Lloyd. Now, obviously, at Christmas, um, it's great to be with friends and family. But, Thank but, you. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's special already. Uh, but some people are, are on their own. And recently, my colleague, uh, Rachel Reeves, the Member of Parliament for Leeds West, completed the work of the Joe Cox Loneliness Commission and published uh, a report about both about the issue in our society and what we can do about it. And I'm glad to say that Rachel joins us. Hi, Rachel. Hello there. Gr- great to have you uh, on the podcast. Tell us a little bit, first of all, what your findings of the Loneliness Commission were. Well, the key finding really is that 9 million people report themselves as lonely uh, always or often. And I think that should be a, a sobering fact for all of us to remember. Uh, you know, In every family and every street and every friendship group, there's somebody who's experiencing uh, loneliness. And uh, Joe Cox was determined to do something about that. And that's why um, after Joe was murdered, I agreed to take on that work along with the Conservative MP Seema Kennedy to to try and tackle loneliness and and to start a conversation about it, really. And having done the report, I suppose one question is, what surprised you about, about having done this work? I think one thing is that loneliness can affect people at any time of their life. Now, I guess we sort of know that, uh, but when we have in our, our mind an image of somebody who's lonely, most of us would think perhaps of a, an, an elderly old lady uh, sitting in her uh, flat and yeah. has outlived her friends and family. But actually, loneliness can affect any of us at any time of our life. And, you know, I heard lots of moving stories during the year about uh, disabled people, 50% of whom on any given day say that they are uh, lonely, carers, new mums, refugees and asylum seekers who often come to this country having fleed terrible situations and not able to speak English, often not here with friends or family and their experiences of, of loneliness as well. But, you know, there's some positive aspects as well. And in your constituency, Ed, in Doncaster and um, in mine in Leeds West, there's loads of fantastic things going on, uh, led usually by community groups and the voluntary sector, uh, but also in, uh, in in libraries, in children's centres, in community centres, up and down the country to try and combat loneliness and bring people together. And uh, Brendan Cox and Joe's family, uh, on the one-year anniversary of Joe's death, organised the Great Get 
get-together. And more than 9 million people participated uh, in that, bringing their communities uh, together. And that was a really heartwarming moment in, in, in many ways and a reminder of what Joe said that we have more in common than that which divides us and I think tackling loneliness is is about better communities a better connectedness looking out for people you know living our lives a little bit more like Joe lived hers really and and having done the report what are the key things that we can change as a society to 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 combat what what is obviously an an absolutely massive problem affecting millions of people do you think well we've said that there's no big policy solution and the the answer is sort of human scale and step by step and it starts with each and every one of us it's about uh, starting a conversation it's about knocking on someone's door and one of the things we talk about in our report is about the permission of snow and and when it's snowing and it you know and it has been and it, it will do again in the next few weeks i expect um when it snows you feel that you can go and knock on a neighbor's door and uh, and and say can i help you with you're shopping in the UK, getting out, do you need me to uh, clear your drive for you? But it's about how can we create that permission all the time so we look out for other people. We should have a snow psychology all, all year round is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, but not snow, not snow all year <laughs> round. I don't, we don't want that. Uh, well, I don't anyway. Uh, but that, that permission really to talk to people and you shouldn't need something like snow or a big event to knock on the door of your neighbour or, or, or phone up a, a relative or to look out for someone. It should be something that we do in our everyday Now, Rachel, lives. I've got a question for you. What about people like Jeff who don't like talking to other people? people <laughs> well, people like jeff are part of the problem aren't they yeah. <laughs> no he's part of the solution surely <laughs> he talks to you ed it's true yeah but go on jeff come on let me stop are talking about you as if, as if you're not here come on yeah. talk to rachel well I, i've said to you before ed like i like the idea of human kindness it's just sort of individual human interactions that i struggle with a little bit do you ever knock on the door of your neighbours? Do you know your neighbours, Jeff? Yeah, I, I, I know them. Like uh, they're very nice people. I wouldn't want them coming across my threshold. Let's <laughs> oh, hope they're not listening to this. We've got, we've got to, we've got to do some work. Jeff is a work in progress. I think, Rachel. I think it's, it's we, uh, in in Yorkshire, uh, Jeff. I don't know where you're from. In Yorkshire, it's much more friendly. I think no, people do look out for well, each other a bit I'm more. I'm from the north originally, and I think it's since I've moved to. I've lived in London nearly twenty years, and I think it's you need uh, to come back. Yeah, I think that's that's what's happened to me. It's the longer I live down here. But there is this sort of you know mentality when you're in the tube, um, especially. But you know, also commuting in in Leeds and Doncaster and, and elsewhere, that you've got your head down, your headphones on. Yeah, we are all. I expect Jeff and Ed, you're as guilty um, of it as me. You know, even when we're with our friends and family, always checking our phones. No, Ed's asking people if they want selfies left, right, and centre. Well, I, I do start conversations, or people start conversations with me, but I think it's really interesting what Rachel's saying, which is that you've got to sort of transfer that psychology, not just to people who do come up to you, but people who don't, or, you know, sort of people who are going to be on their own. And I think I think it's finding ways to reach out to people. I think it, that is right. I'm, I'm very good at keeping a pass, an Amazon parcel for someone. I'm, I'm very good at popping well, that's around a with start. the parcel. That's a, that, don't you think that's you a can start, tick, Rachel? You can tick that box, Jeff. You're a good neighbour. Yeah, yeah, I'm a good neighbour. That is a start. Now, now, Rachel, it's it's Christmas time. What what can people do at Christmas time? Because that is the time when loneliness can really, really come home to people, particularly Christmas Day. What 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 are the what are the things that that you would encourage people doing, or that your commission kind of would encourage yes. people to do? 
Well, the Joe Cox Foundation and myself and, and Seema, who co-chairs the commission with me, are encouraging people uh, to take part in the great Christmas get-together. And uh, we call it a, the mince pie moments where uh, we might knock on the door of a, of a neighbour or, um, uh, or organise an event or just invite someone round uh, you know, to share a mince pie and uh, you know, a cup of tea or a glass of sherry or whatever takes your fancy and spend some time with someone. Put down your phone uh, uh, reach out to somebody who perhaps you've been meaning to phone or meaning to pop round and see uh, for the last few months or the last few years and make time for them because you know what do we value in our lives we value our friends and our family and our human relationships and yet the way we act in our lives you wouldn't know that at all uh, because we spend far too much time glued to our phones glued to our computers uh at work or working from home and it's about putting other people first and so I think Christmas is a great time and the great Christmas get together is about encouraging people to take that that, that small uh, step and uh, that, that small act of kindness which I, I think um, anybody anybody can participate in you Ed Jeff as well so, so the messages to people listening to this podcast press pause um, you can carry on playing, but but go out, you know, talk to you, everyone knows somebody who might be alone on Christmas Day, somebody in their street, somebody they might know or around the Christmas time. And it's not that difficult, is it, Rachel? It's not. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking about it now. And there's there's people who I've been meaning to phone or pop round to see. And it's about using that time over Christmas to, to go and knock on that person's door, to give them a call, to share a mince pie, to show that you care. And uh, I think step by step and through all our individual actions and together as a community, we can tackle this real, real problem in our communities uh, of loneliness. Fantastic. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you also for educating Jeff. Happy Christmas, both of you. And thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Happy Christmas. I've invited you around on Christmas Day. You're here. You have, you have, you have. You keep looking at your phone, checking the milliverse. It's true. Be a bit more present. It's true. Happy Christmas, Rachel. So we're now joined on Christmas Day by Sarah Milliken. Hello. Happy Christmas. Hello. Happy Happy Christmas, Christmas, Sarah. How are you spending Christmas? I'm spending Christmas uh, with family, a small amount of family, you know, like like the good ones, and uh, <laughs> and my little dog. What's your dog called? Oh, my dog is called Commander Tuvok. Commander Tuvok? Uh, <laughs> yes. What so is... Tuvok is from uh, Star Trek Voyager, uh, and he was a rescue, so that's his given name. So you, when you get rescue, rescue a dog, you have to keep their name. So we were really <laughs> pleased, though, because both of our cats have got a rank. So we've got Chief Brody, who's from Jaws, the police chief, and we've got... Uh, uh, the other cat is Lieutenant Ripley, obviously from the, uh, obviously from the Alien films. How fantastic. So when we found out there was a rescue dog called Tuvok, we just lengthened it and gave him his actual rank, which is Commander. Let me ask you a big question, Sarah. Jeff's dog looks like Jeff. Does your dog <laughs> look like you? Um, if I let my tash grow in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got incredible eyebrows, which mine are getting me. I am clearly going to inherit my dad's eyebrows. My dad has to have them trimmed. Uh, when he gets his hair cut because they, they get in the hinges of his glasses. So <laughs> I think eventually I will look a lot like my dog. <laughs> so can we, can we ask you about the, the thing you're doing for Christmas? We're talking about Join in. loneliness and, and you've done this thing, is it like for the past two, three years? 
Oh no, this is the seventh year. This is, is it, God, that's gone quickly. It's got massively out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what it is, I'm a bit of a softy, and I feel bad at the idea of people spending Christmas Day on their own who don't want to. I know there are people who have Christmas Day on their own and blooming love it, and I think good for them. And also, I think they're slightly winning Christmas mm. because they just wander around in their pants all day. They don't have to hoover. <laughs> all the nibbles they've got in, they can eat. They can just have cheese in their hand at all times if they want to, and they don't have to play any board games like they are having the best time but there are people who for whatever circumstances uh, are on their own and would rather not be maybe their partners at work or maybe just you know families are really complicated and can be quite hard work sometimes and so you know or people without family who you know, of course yeah. there's quite a lot of people who you know for whatever reason are on their own and I just wondered if there was a way we could kind of bring them together and obviously social media makes the most sense rather than like everybody making at one centralised point in the middle of England. <laughs> Seems a bit silly. Uh, it's a lot of travel on a yeah. terrible day for travel. So um, so I thought Twitter might be a good a good idea. And um, and we just started this hashtag. It's join in, J-O-I-N-I-N. And people just start having conversations. So I start off, uh, like, first thing this morning, first thing Christmas morning, I just I, I lay out all the, the rules and the regs and what we do and how we do it. And then start retweeting there was one year that twitter like blocked me because i was retweeting too much and i was like i'm doing this for good uh, and then now they're fine they leave me alone now it's fine <laughs> and um, and then people just start pi- piping up with you know what they're doing what they've had for their breakfast what they've got on the telly and then so it's it's basically a group of people who are on their own chatting with each other with interjections sometimes from people who are with their family but feel quite lonely because that's a thing uh, or just some people who are actually with their family but just chip in to, to in order to cheer other people up which is also glorious and it just it's a really nice way of bringing everybody together and sarah tell people who who want to get involved uh, over the christmas period what are the rules what do you want what do you want them doing whether they're with people or whether they're on their own well i think the the, the main rule is just to be kind and i just don't think people always think of that You're uh, right. in general life and, so, and on twitter uh, so, in particular yeah, well, this is why it's nice to to show the good powers of Twitter because we've all experienced the not great bit of Twitter, I'm sure. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but this is such a lovely way of bringing everybody together. And so, what people do is they just, they, you know, if they have to join Twitter for the day and then just don't go on it the rest of the year, that's fine as well. Just get on there, just join, and um, and follow me at American seventy five, or just look at the hashtag, and within no time at all, it's up and running. And so post up what you're doing and use the hashtag. Uh, look at what other people are doing. Have conversations. So it can't just be everybody saying, I'm watching EastEnders. It has to be somebody saying, are you enjoying EastEnders to somebody else? So in, in the, initially, people just post up what they're doing. And then after a little while, I see them all interacting with each other. And it's so lovely. And I suppose the main rules are just to be kind and also to be safe. Because um, just because you're chatting to somebody on Twitter and it's going really well, don't like DM them and then meet up with them on Boxing Day. <laughs> I think just... Just, just leave it as a nice, you know, like a, a one-day stand, if you like. <laughs> just keep yourself safe. Do you get a stick off your family for being on your phone all day? Um, uh, I get looks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, uh, t- this this year wasn't so bad. You've got the perfect excuse, Sarah, though, because you're doing a, like, great thing. You're not, like, you know... Well, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you'd think. Uh, but <laughs> I think until people know what you're doing, they, they just think you're sort of texting people. So that's why I usually use an iPad rather than my phone, because then it looks, I don't know, like more like work, I guess. It looks less like I'm just texting people going, oh, my God, I can't believe what presents I got off this lot. You know, it, <laughs> it just looks like I'm being rude. So I, I do let people know what I'm doing. And they do understand, thankfully. And my husband is especially understanding. But they, because I drove up north uh, this morning, my husband and I drove up north this morning, um, uh, I got like three and a half hours in the car to just work my way through it. Uh, so, you know, that's that's my plan is to always just try and have a bit of solid time. Uh, last year, I sat for five hours. Is that really bad? I sat for five hours. Oh, I don't great. know. It sounds like more fun than what most of us are doing on Christmas Day. Well, that's, that's a good point, actually. That's quite a good point. Uh, it is. Um, it's so much fun. And it's you get a real glimmer of how just how wonderful people can be. Uh, and people really reaching out to each other. And, you know, by the end of the day, you have people saying, oh, I was really dreading today. And because of this, I've had quite a nice time. And you can dip in and out. That's the good thing about it. It's not like when you've got people around and you have to put the hoover on to get them out. You just <laughs> put your phone down if you're done for a bit, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's what I, I don't know what you guys do. That's what I do. <laughs> what gives us a real reason to be cheerful is social media. You often hear so many horror stories and people behaving in just the worst way on it. And this is, this is the opposite of that right yeah it totally is and i think it's just because um like you get the odd uh, odd person very very rare but you get the odd person who'll who'll make some kind of scathing comment about and, and you just it's so ridiculous that you just fire back like are you like are you joking and other people are piling and because it's it's so they're so in the minority because what we're doing is so nice like you cannot criticize there's no way of criticizing it just don't don't you know don't join in if you don't want to join in but it's so it's there's because there's no ulterior motive to any of it it's literally lonely people let's cheer them up that's a lovely that's a lovely thing that's a fantastic thing sarah well look hashtag join in everyone should get involved sarah millican have a great christmas thank you so much for joining us merry christmas guys thank you so much email us reasons at cheerfulpodcast.com follow us on twitter at cheerful podcast or search for our facebook page reasons to be cheerful podcast Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So we've relocated to the kitchen, and here it is in front of us. At last, this is something we've talked about for weeks and weeks. It's true. It's here. 
Class Struggle, the board game. Now, this is what you had as a boy. You were forbidden from playing Monopoly in case you were corrupted by capitalism. And instead, you had this game. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, this is. I think we should introduce our guest, shouldn't we? Isn't that the polite thing to do? I thought do? we'd introduce the say... game, then introduce the guest. But we can, whichever way around you want to do I think it. Probably the, I, I mean, think that's probably house. polite, actually. <laughs> so sitting next to me is the wonderful, amazing, fan-dabby-dozy Bridget Christie. Thank you very much, Ed. Has I, anyone I, I, described I was, as fan-dabby-dozy before? Um, not since I was about three. Right. <laughs> it dates me, rather. It's Jeanette Cranky, isn't it? I don't know. Is it Cracker Jack? Panda. Oh I think Fanda knows who was the Crankies. Was the Crankies, was it? Crankies, was it? So. Anyway, I, I haven't know. met them. Wasn't allowed Never. to watch it. wasn't them who said... I was said. too busy playing Glass Struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sparing your, spending uh, your Christmas with us. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted. I had no plans. Good. My family had not included me in their Christmas plans. God, well, you're included with Richard, us. Thank you. And we have Joel, who runs the Milliverse. Joel, if people don't know what the Milliverse is, can you tell us a bit about it? Well, with all the chaos and um, destruction going on via Brexit and Trump and uh, the general sort of um, dishevelment of the government at the moment, um, an idea kind of cropped up. Uh, there was a Twitter user called Mark D who said, meanwhile, in a parallel universe, Ed Miliband is prime minister and everyone's annoyed at how boring it is. And I just kind of took this idea and ran with it and I've been... Uh, Wasting my time for the last it year. It normally involves my sort of kind of unfortunate encounters with inanimate objects, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> Which is very much like the real universe, not it is a <laughs> like my real universe. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a problem with inanimate objects. Jeff has a problem with animate objects. So you people, can't use them, or they? Well, they're just sort of bad things. They tend gravitate to happen. towards you. Like no. you know, obviously the sandwich is the most famous <laughs> example, but you know, there are kind of lots of sort of examples. He's always knocking things over, falling yeah, exactly, over, injuring know. himself. Th- there was an article the Daily Mail put out, I think, before the ele- obviously before yeah. the election, that was I think intended to be this big smear job. You know, where Ed Miliband's first time in Doncaster, you know, tripping over doors and setting fire to carpets, blah blah blah. I remember reading this thinking. This is brilliant. He's just like me. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I was going for the clumsy vote, basically. Yeah. It didn't yeah. quite work. But aren't really clever people supposed to be really clumsy as well? Oh, I've nice. heard, all the clever people I know can't really... Yeah. I think there was a 3.74% swing to me among clumsy people, actually, as a result. As a Probably, result we just that. kept missing the ballot box. Yeah, that's true. That might, that might be it. So are we now allowed to explain why we're We here? are. So we have in front of us the Class Struggle <laughs> board game. For those who haven't listened to previous episodes, it's... It's quite complicated rules, but but it's not that complicated. It's basically about the struggle between the workers and the capitalists. And in a minute, we are going to roll to see who we are. Whether we are workers or capitalists. Well, workers, capitalists, small business owners, uh, students, farmers. There are lots of different people you can play in this. (laughs) But fundamentally, the battle is between workers and capitalists. Yes. Um, And... uh, the, the, the rules, they're long rules and, you know, I won't go into them all, but the, the winner of this confrontation wins the game. If the workers win, humanity enters a new era of peace, democracy and equality, which is called socialism. It sounds quite appealing. A capitalist victory, on the other hand, simply means the rich get richer while the poor are left to stew in their own juice, leading eventually to the collapse of civilization. Hence, the choice before us, socialism or barbarism. Uh, and this is fun, yes. It, honestly, that, this is my version of fun, Bridget. It's going to ruin <laughs> Christmas is. if we end up the, with barbarism, the, though. The board it? looks very complicated. Actually, you know, Monopoly was did originally look a bit like this. That's why I was quite surprised when I came in and saw the middle bit, because the original Monopoly was invented by 
a left wing feminist woman. Yes. Who, yes. And it was then it was sort of passed around amongst people. It wasn't there was no rules or anything. And then some guy called Charles Darrow said, "Oh, this is really good." And then he sold it to Parker Brothers. And he made an absolute mint. He sort of he was a kind of man, a male appropriation of a female exactly. idea, wasn't it? Outrageous. And it's happened every, the amount of times that happens to me. Well, the number of board the, games you've invented. I've invented <laughs> hundreds of board games. Uh, I, Can you tell us how to play? What do we right. need to do yeah, first? Okay, Bridget, you are going to roll this dice okay. and it's going to tell us what you are, basically. Wow, that's handy. And you're a dice? You're the capitalist, oh. right? Bridget how are you feeling about the that? I don't know. I think I'll go for it. Okay, there you are. You've got a big top hat with a dollar sign on it, and you're at the beginning uh, square, which is class struggle. Jeff is now going to roll, and, and uh, I'm going to be, and you are going to be uh, the worker. Yes, ah. Jeff is the worker. Yes. Bridget is the capitalist. Oh my God. It is the rumble in the jungle. Uh, you better watch out with those uh, means of production, so, so Bridget. Basically, I'm afraid the workers are in big trouble because Jeff is the head representative. <laughs> uh, uh, Joel, you are now going to roll. Um, Come on, roll good. You are the student, oh, highly appropriate. Yeah. Um, and Go back and do better I university this time around. Am the what's that? A handbag. I'm a handbag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to roll again. What is that? A handbag. I'm a handbag. You're a handbag. Okay, we don't seem to have a handbag. I'm in fact the farmer. Right. right. You can't just change your mind. I'm afraid we just erase the handbag. You're the whole thing you're, comes apart. You're un- this you... is slightly unfortunate well, for the old feminist credentials of this game. Is a handbag a we woman? Di- we didn't appreciate the handbag. It is a handbag, isn't it? Go on, what does it say? Or is it say? a briefcase? Oh. Is, is it, it academics? Is it possibly the... What's that, a till? Uh, one of them it looks like it may be a cash register. Cash. No, the cash register is that one. Must be a piece missing. No, it's not the mortarboard. That's the student. Oh, and the... It must. Are you the not? Hat, the capitalist, the farmers, the cash registers, the small businesses, the briefcase. Oh, oh the briefcase. Brief oh, what is the briefcase? We don't have the briefcase. Okay, the briefcase piece is missing. Uh, so, so basically, it wasn't a handbag; it was a briefcase. But I'm, I turned out to be the farmer. Right now. Um, the capitalist goes first, I believe, which is, I'm afraid, what life is like. Oh my <laughs> uh, gosh! Um, now, I think we're going to go ahead and roll three dice. Yeah. Um, All at the same time. I think so because it'll then speed up the game. <laughs> Anything to speed this. Yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> Can I just right. point out that the six, bank is six, divided into six, debits, yeah. which say on them setback and weakness, and um, credit uh, assets, which say power and growth. It all will become apparent as okay. we as the okay. game unfolds. I, I think that's better than a sort okay. of long explanation. You rolled an eight. <laughs> so what does that mean? I just so move, you move eight, eight squares. Capitalist control Congress Two assets Right This is a square nine And there's an explanation This is such a sophisticated game There's an explanation for each square Congress is supposed to represent all the people But most of its members Democrats and Republicans This is an American game Are capitalists and lawyers for capitalist interests It's no wonder then That most of the laws which Congress passes Favour the capitalist class In the words of Anatole France The law in all its majesty Forbids rich and poor alike From stealing bread and sleeping under bridges so much for capitalists without recognising the idea quality under the I wouldn't snore too much. You get two assets as a result of that. Oh, is it still me? Yeah, Great. You get, you get two assets. Brilliant. Where do I put them? I think you put them sort of, you hide them away in your wallet or okay. purse or <laughs> handbag. Sort of handbag or briefcase. Right. There. Jeffrey is now so, rolling. So am I rolling three dice here? You are, okay. because it's sort of speeding up the game. So six, ten. I go ten. Oh, so is that on Shall choice? I move you, Jeff? Yes, please. I can trust you. Are you saying Ed's never Ten. moved you before? Right. 
Trade unions are established to defend workers' interests, Jeff. Yes. You get three assets. Oh. Bridget, you've got to hand him three assets. I'll right. tell you what it says. 11. Trade unions are established to defend workers' interests, higher wages, shorter hours, safer conditions, and the like. Only through organisation can the workers' power be felt. Workers, three assets. By the go. way, just while Thank we're playing, much. in the end, the square 84 is where this all ends. And that oh. is a confrontation between the capitalists and the workers, basically. Okay. Right. And that is the sort of final, the final decision about whether we end up in capitalism or, or um, barbarism. How often is that a bloody revolution? Well, the key for you, for Jeff and Bridget is to try and make us your allies as you go along. Right, OK. So you're going to try and win over the farmers, and there are squares where you can do an alliance with the farmers. Right. Uh, or you're also going to ring it with, try and win over the students. And, Jeff, you're going to try and win over the farmers and the students. That's going to increase your chances of winning when it comes to square 84. OK. So okay. that's just quite an important thing. But there are various squares where you can do an alliance and the chance cards and all that. Okay. I really feel like I'm looking at nine-year-old Ed here and getting him really excited <laughs> to you are. Are. You are. Right, Joel, go. Okay. Joel's rolled a 10. 10. Do you so that's the same square, isn't same it? Same square. Yeah. Uh, is he allowed on the same square? Yes, he is. So do you get three... Now, he's, oh. so the red squares are for workers and the blue squares are for capitalists, uh, but the but they, for the... <laughs> they're not allied. If they're not... If, so he's allowed, so so while you're not allied to either Jeff or Bridget, you can sort of gain assets on the squares, correct? Or debits. Yeah. I thought so, wanted some assets. So you get yeah, you've got three assets from the same square about trade union. Okay, here I am, the farmer. Uh, I got a nine. Nine. So am I on the same square as you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I want chance. Okay, now so we, you get to pick a chance card like Monopoly. Now, I can pick either the worker, the capitalist chance card or the worker chance card. I get a choice, you see, because I'm, a far, I'm not allied with either of you. Oh. Right, I will pick a worker chance card, because that's the kind of politically sound guy I am. <laughs> uh, integrity insurance against capitalist bribes. That's you, Bridget, of trade union officials. This card neutralises the capitalist chance card on bribe money. Oh. Right, well, that's just I sort of keep that. So you that. need to keep that. I keep that. I mean, so if Bridget then tries to bribe you, you... If she... I've got an anti-bribe thing. <laughs> Bridget, so can you only reject me if you've got a card? I think... Well, I don't know. Well, well, well possibly. If I'm really persuasive, might you not use that? Or do you have to... Are you bound by the rules of... I think I've got a choice. I think basically you've got to be really nice. Both of you have to be really nice to me and Joel and try and persuade that you. I've got to be part of your sort of nasty, unequal sort of you know exploitative (laughs) world. Okay. And I've got to be part of Jeff's sort of you know chaotic workers' revolution, (laughs) which is going to involve Jeff not talking to anyone because he doesn't like people. You know, so so this is sort of kind of it's a bit of a Hobson's choice, I would say. Yeah, I'm probably not the person for the up the people. Smigo, isn't it? Yeah. Right, nine, twelve. Uh, do you want to move? Oh, do you want to? Yeah, you. One, two, oh, oh! It says chance oh. for an alliance with the small shopkeepers. Oh. Well, we don't have a small shopkeeper play, so so. So is that nothing then? Do you want? Do you, maybe she should have a chance for an. Bridget should have a chance for an alliance with no, me, since I, I'm quite close to us. No. I think you should ally with the workers, Bridget. You seem the type. <laughs> I think we could we could end this whole thing now by forming an alliance between the capitalists and the workers. We could usher in utopia. There, there is a, the, the very comprehensive rules allow for this possibility. When there are less than six players in the game, a major class which lands on the alliance graph, a minor class that is not represented by a player, still receives the latter's alliance card and a bonus of five assets. Hurrah! Oh, my God. The system the cap- is rigged. The system is rigged in favour of the capitalists. It really is rigged, isn't it? One, two, three, four... So, so, so Bridget gets the 
small shopkeeper's card. Can I, did you, can I say something? Mm. There was a study into how people behave when they've got more money and more privileges. And this guy called um, Professor Piff, who lives in America, he set up these cameras and he filmed people playing Monopoly, but he gave one player loads more money and loads more houses. Have you seen this? I've seen this, yeah. And like a bowl of sweets and snacks. And the person with all the extra stuff just started behaving like an absolute twat. Is that right? Yeah. Like demeaning the other person. And it's really, like, I'm not saying that you... I, I mean, I'm just saying it's well, really... Well, I think for the capitalists, it's only no, no position to because give I, other people a behaving no, like a twat, frankly. <laughs> no, because uh, I just got uh, loads... And you're counting your money. I just got loads you, you of extra money. You feel you got, you got twattery, yeah. sort of... You're having you twattery direction. No, I don't think that I should have been given all that extra money for landing on that, which didn't really... And I feel, I feel that that's unfair and that I don't really want it. It hasn't made me want to... Are you to sure you're a capitalist? ...talk down <laughs> to you all. Yes. And eat all the snacks on yes. the table. I think that's only, this is early days. Yeah. Oh, it's early days. Well, don't you think you might, but there is a study that showing that power um, corrupts people's empathy. Yeah, There's yes. lots of studies that show this. In fact, we talked about it in, a, in an episode a few weeks yes, ago. Yes, there is. And actually, in his thing as well, he said, he, what he did as well was he set up a camera on a road, to, uh, 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 a pedestrian crossing, to see which type of car stopped and which didn't. Really? And all the four-by-fours the like, pretty much ran people over. And all the people in like crappy little cars always stopped That's and amazing. waved and yeah, that is he amazing. did loads of these studies. What he's saying was, you can have money and have empathy, but it it does, you know, it does basically make you into a worse person. Well, I really hope it doesn't happen to you as a result of this game. We'll, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, yeah. If, if sort of. I mean, you know, I, I if your nearest and dearest bad. end up saying, "Say you've had your ch- characters changed," you can put it all put it down <laughs> to this moment. <laughs> That that particular study you're talking about, um, this is a plug, incidentally, uh, was one of the inspirations behind my book, which I got published a couple of years ago. Oh my God, are you serious? What's the book called? It's called The Seastone Sword. It's a fantasy pirate adventure, and it's all about the acquisition of power and what it does to people. And what it does to people, yeah. Yeah. Totally true. Available from all good bookshops, uh, and also Amazon. He did a, Professor Piff did that TED Talk, which was inadvertently hilarious, I think. We should go and look at Professor Piff's TED Talk. We will, we will link to it. Yeah, and that, I, I would happily be the person in the experiment who gets given the power and money <laughs> just to see, see how it goes for me. I want to be the person running people, people over. <laughs> I, I mean, basically, my... Jeff should, be the ca- should have been the capitalist, shouldn't he? But I think it is Jeff's it is uh, throw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Should, we, should we do a cracker, Bridget, while we're Ooh, Yes, of, please, I'd love to. Yeah, Oh! I, I never win crackers. Oh, I, I actually won the. Oh, I pink like that hat. smell. Did I win? There's nothing inside. No, oh, I, think I got the pink hat actually. Oh, I've got a plastic frog. What oh, am I supposed the, to do with that? That's really. So I've now got a pink. I've now got the pink. Joel, shall we do a cracker? Oh, go for it. Oh, okay. Did you not get a joke, Bridget? Oh, did I get a joke? Oh, I need that. You fools! I am the joke. Oh, you flick it. Oh, you got, 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 the, you got, got a deck of cards. Thanks. A deck of cheating cards. Now, I think, Brid- I think Bridget's got the joke. What does Santa suffer from if he gets stuck in a chimney? What does Santa suffer from if he gets stuck in a chimney? I don't know, Bridget. What does Santa suffer from if he... Claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. I tell you, this guy, you know, he... Did you write that? No. <laughs> I've always wondered who the people who write the Christmas joke. Have you got yours? I'm trying to open it. I can't. I'm a failure. It just says magic poker cards. 
Do I need to move Jeff? I think I need to move Jeff. One, two, three, oh, yeah. four, five, six, seven. Jeff, you're on chance. Okay. So you're on worker's chance. Take a card here. Worker's chance card. Okay. Mm. Your class allies have lost confidence in your leadership. Oh, God, oh. not surprising, is it, really? <laughs> I mean, honestly, this happened pretty early in the game. <laughs> I want to keep a closer eye on what to do. Take all your allies and go back to the beginning of that stage of the class struggle on which you stand. Oh, it's only a second Go girl. back to the beginning. Back to the beginning? Back to the beginning of the whole game. Oh, my God. Go get that, to read that last bit again. advice for me if That's people really lose confidence in your leadership? Uh, <laughs> you bastard. I think it's basically you go back to where you started, do, do you oh, think? No. no, he wasn't there. He started there. Oh, right to the beginning. Well, just read us the last bit again. It says, go back to the beginning of that stage of the class struggle on which you stand. What? No, I think it must be the square you started that get okay, that term. I think okay. we shouldn't be too mean to you, but I mean... Yeah, I'm sorry about your leadership. I'll, 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 I'll sort of maybe afterwards advise you what some of the tri- <laughs> tricks to get through this. Um, not that ever happened to me. Five, seven, six, seven. Uh, right, you are the mortarboard. Yeah. Another chance. A chance. Now you get to well, choose had, whether you want a capitalist chance. We've or had two yeah. workers once, so after you're going for a capitalist right. chance. Um, sexually repressed people generally make good, docile workers. So you develop a sex education program which makes you which makes young people disgusted by their natural functions. Easily worth a couple of assets. Right. So that's that's why I'm so disgusted by my natural functions. It was all down to the sex there you education. Go. Did, you, did, did, did Mr. Piff do any talk about that? At all? No, that wasn't included. It was that wasn't traffic. Included. Again, I think you need to give as a banker. Assets. I think you need to give two assets to the student. Oh my god! I know that's, so this game. Remember, was written in the nineteen seventies. We, we did edit out one or two things. I think. <laughs> right, it's me. It means well. It's just some of the terminology. Yeah, exactly. Not dated so well. Right, that's a six. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Workers organise a working class party. Well, that's good news, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it, it, yeah, but uh, this is square. What is it? Square sixteen. Workers organise a working class party. Only when they stop relying on capitalist parties to represent them can the workers hope to win in class struggle. Workers, three assets. Three? Three, yeah. That's quite a lot for that. It is quite a lot, isn't it? Well, I mean, you know, presumably the workers have lost confidence in Jeff's leadership, so they sort of (laughs) have to form their own party. Right, there you go. Um, Oh, me, yeah. Right. What's that? Twelve. Twelve. We're all struggling to do maths here. Development of a socialist press to present workers' point of view. No, that's a red one. So oh, so I don't... You don't get... No. doesn't get anything from the red one. I don't get anything from Right, that. Geoffrey? It's good that we've got um, a socialist press, though. Yeah, let's focus on the positives. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, six, ten, oh. twelve. Shall I move you? Oh, yes, please. Twelve. Oh, now that's a sort of red and a blue. Which says... Successor of the... TVA, that's the Tennessee Valley Authority, shows that production. <laughs> Do you know can, that from playing this game, or I know that from being a nerd. Uh, <laughs> uh, can go. It's a thing set up by Fra- uh, Franklin Roosevelt. The sort of it was a kind of project to kind of employ lots of people. I think okay. it was to do with power or um, energy. Uh, shows that production can go on without capitalism. Yes, workers two assets, capitalists one debit. 
Now, I think presumably Jeff just gets two assets for that, doesn't he? I don't think Bridget loses anything. Oh, so we can't take, take away you her. Can't, I don't mind if you take sure. some off me. You're I've a bad got, capitalist. I've got loads. <laughs> I don't need it. Right, you, you, need, to get into, you need to get into character more. <laughs> right, Bridget's like the lady from um, the, the yeah, she is, Millionaires. She's a patriotic millionaire. We had this patriotic millionaire on. Um, who who was a woman from America who was sort of anti-tax cuts, anti-Trump, you know, said, I don't need all this money. I want to pay higher taxes. And the fact we, we've had an email recently from somebody who wants to set up a patriotic millionaires in, in Britain, oh. which is good. I mean, I haven't got anything to get, but if I did have... You'd be I part of the patriotic <laughs> millionaires. Uh, that is 15. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10... 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Same as me. So you do get three assets from this, from the development of a socialist press Excellent. to present That's workers' right. point well, of view. Joel. Thanks, the canary. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> just say Joel is playing with a mascot. Joel oh, yeah. has a, a panda. A little panda that says, I love Ed Miliband. Aww. I got it, I got it for, for my good friend nice? Gemma. Hello, Gemma. If oh, that's so nice. And is that from your merch store, Ed? I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think it's from I think Amazon. <laughs> It's yeah, from Amazon. Do they sell I Love Ed Miliband? Yeah, there's like pandas, there's sloths. Did you not know? I didn't know. All kinds of different Sloths. animals. Maybe I should invest. Uh, oh my goodness, 14. Uh, 14. Are you competitive with games? I am, I am quite competitive, yeah. With everything. Yeah. And with yeah. sport and things like that. Um, sport, if I was competitive in sport, that would be bad. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite competitive. He's competitive with, with the podcast chart. I'm very He's competitive with the podcast chart. Neurotically. Sort of so emailing them. me at three in the morning yeah. saying, we've, we've dropped one position. What do we need to do? Joel's well, got a chance card. I've landed on a chance card. I've gone through a worker's chance card, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you join a protest against the government for paying businessmen, farmers, $3 billion each year not to grow food. Don't they know a lot of people are hungry? Don't they care? Collect, collective action moves you forward two spaces this Well, time. isn't that nice? Collective action does move you forward, and presumably you get the... How come you've gone all the way over there? Well, he's doing quite well, isn't he? Well, uh, you're not accusing the well, academics well, of cheating. Strike lockout. You're on the strike lockout square. You seem to get... He gets three assets, presumably, for that. But look you... where you are. Look where you are. I know. Well, OK, yeah, don't rub it in. Thanks very much, Bridget. Remember, you're... I'm competitive. <laughs> you're really Ch- lagging behind. You need to give him three assets. T- 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 tell us about... Three. Um, the turn that your comedy has taken this year and the la- in the last year, Bridget. Oh well, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's not doesn't, hasn't one of the reasons we set up the podcast was to make people more cheerful. Yes, it hasn't felt very cheerful for lots of people, has it? What the last year? The last what? year or two? No, it hasn't. But you do have to. I there was a, a so I'm trying to be ha- much happier and to try right. and find joy in the everyday because I think that rolling news is sort of getting everybody down yeah but I think that if you can remember that otters have a, a stone pocket on their by their paws they have a, a, a literally a little pocket that they keep stones in is that true yeah they keep little stones in. They Otters. have stone pockets. Like a little built-in like, glove pocket. Like a built-in pocket. For what do they keep in there? Stones. And what are they doing with the stones? They play with them. They're just amusing it's themselves the with their stones. Thing. I did. I looked because I, 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 I cried when Trump retweeted the, the Britain First yeah. um, thing. I felt just... I don't... I find that I don't get angry anymore. I just get profoundly, like a depression, like weeps over, mm. like I just feel really heavy. And um, so I saw the otter stone thing, and I also saw a guy doing the cinnamon challenge. That cheered me up. <laughs> I think we have to remember that for every Trump, 
there's a middle-aged man doing a cinnamon challenge. What is a cinnamon challenge? Oh, my God, Ed. Sorry. You have to I'm watch. so not good on popular culture. So, cinnamon so, and the spice so, rack over No, there, don't, so. don't. You can die. <laughs> don't do it. It's really <laughs> dangerous. You get a teaspoon of cinnamon and you yeah. try and swallow it and it, it congeals at the back of your throat and you can't breathe. <laughs> And people video themselves doing this and then put so it up on YouTube. Straight. To cheer yourself up, you watch people almost dying. Yeah. <laughs> well, they also, the cheese rolling is really funny to watch. What's the cheese rolling? The cheese rolling Gloucester, where people hurl themselves down a really steep hill and really hurt themselves. Why is it called cheese rolling? Because they're chasing a cheese. You've heard of this. It's a great, great... I have uh, vaguely heard of it. Great English tradition. The cheese roll, it's called. But right. it's not a cheese roll. You've not done the cheese roll. Oh, my God. So it's... <laughs> It's like a cliff. You run, and the hill is not managed, so it's covered in brambles and this. People really hurt themselves. It to was go, banned. To go back to Ed's original question, like Sorry. I've, I've seen many of your Edinburgh shows <laughs> over the years, and and is this what we're expecting now? Sort of cinnamon challenge and cheese cheese rollers. It's quite the change of direction. No, I mean, so what it is is that I I am trying to be a happier person now. So if you come and see me, yeah, but I but I keep remembering all the terrible things. So. It's, and I saw I mean, your show in Edinburgh about three or four years ago. Yes, or, and I saw you. I didn't know you were coming, and I just saw you standing up by yeah, a pillar. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. It was really off. It's not off-putting. It's surreal. Is it off-putting when you see someone well, like I, that in the Well, if you're not expecting, because you were... <laughs> leader, I was leader at that point. Then you were, you yeah. know, quite somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to now, yes. Thanks very much. You are not invited for no. next Christmas. <laughs> Uh, but um, uh, yeah, no, that was what I felt bad that you had to stand up. No, it was fine. I really enjoyed but, um, it. Thank you. But but, nice uh, but, you but don't you think? Uh, uh, you know, I know I'm going to sound a bit eccentric when I say this, but don't you think that even in the chaos, which is very depressing, and Brexit and Trump, there are sort of seeds of hope. Uh, there are seeds of hope. There's lots. Of I mean, seeds. like I mean, the activism of people, the you know energy that people have had. Yeah, the you know, marches when he was inaugurated. The, the marches, like the, the, the the you know the okay, you know the fact that the sort of paedophile Roy Moore bloke only lost by one percent is not great, but you know, but he still he, lost. He still <laughs> lost. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, they're, they're Le Pen. Sort of, I mean, with Marine Le Pen, you can say, well, it's really. I mean, she had a lot of people supporting her, but she still wasn't elected. And have you, you noticed? You look at it both ways. Have you noticed a change in your audiences? I, I, I'm yes. Not, yeah. Yeah. When I used to talk about really um, awful um, things about female oppression, um, you could, you could. It wasn't polarising for an audience. That's the really th- uh, the weird thing that I think that some of the things that I used to talk about... Um, Which were kind of as heavy as it gets. In a were way. as heavy as it can yeah. get. But when I started talking about Brexit, that's when I really started splitting rooms and having to think about really how I did it. Because every single room, my audience was split right down there. That's middle. surprising. Is that true in London? As, as true as in, in London as it is around the country. So I so I did Edinburgh and then I did London and then I toured around the place. And um, I don't know. I think I'm, I made it quite clear in my blurb which way I, you know. But I mean, I think you can still do it in a way that's quite inclusive. I mean, I don't think anybody's got what they wanted. And so I suppose that's your angle. It's like I voted to remain. Lots of people who I know voted leave. I don't feel like I got what I wanted. Obviously, I don't want to leave the EU, but they haven't got what they wanted either. So we are, while we thought that the, you know, you say we're a divided nation, people say we're a divided nation, it was such a shock. But this should unite us, really. Who are the people you know who voted Brexit? 
Yeah. Why? Who, who are they? For why? many different reasons. Because your None audience of them good aren't good enough. Your, your, well, your audience aren't necessarily the type of people you would have as your stereotype of a Brexit voter. No, but they they voted for all sorts of uh, th- different reasons. Some quite odd, um, but it's not. Uh, it is awkward with people now. I mean, you do decide to not talk about politics. And what kind are they? Whereas family members or friends or yeah, friends, family. Um, it's it's awkward, you know. I've got family who support Trump in America, but um, family in America. Yeah. So, and you just have to agree to disagree and move on. I think. And can you find things to unite yourself? Or if you think about the Brexit people who you know who voted Brexit, can you find things to unite with them on? I find it very hard. But yeah. but don't you think that the things out? I mean, okay, Brexit is like a massive elephant in the room. But don't you think that outside Brexit, you know, I find in my constituency lots of people voted for Brexit. And this is what some sometimes Remainers I don't think quite fully get. It, they voted for Brexit not just because of immigration or Europe, but but because they want a, a new beginning. They wanted things to be different. It was a big. It was a sort of, and you know, some of the similar things that motivated people to vote for Jeremy Corbyn vote, motivated people to vote for Brexit. Well, this is the thing they wanted that, big change. Yeah, but the vote wasn't just about membership of the EU. It was about so many different things. It was about inequality and people feeling exactly. like they've exactly. got no voice and lumping everybody in the same. Like, so we, we now, I mean, people hate politicians since the expenses scandal, yeah. really, and don't have any trust in them. But also in that. Um, people started them putting e- experts and academics and economists and people all started feeling like all these people yeah. were the same. And that's the thing that I think we have to really keep But on. don't you think there is common... But when you and say inequality, when you say inequality and all those things, don't you think that is where the common ground is? Yes. But someone needs to, you know... Um, I don't know how we start to unite, but we need some really good leaders and I'm not... Uh, you know. No offence, Jeff, but... No, yeah. I, I, you know... I, Street parties with games of... Str- I don't know, struggle. there's there's nobody for anybody. I don't think... Uh, Theresa May seems to have less authority than Hackney Council Planning Department. David Davis couldn't negotiate his way out of a poncho. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn, nice as he seems, like a very nice person. I don't... I, I'm not sure... Well, you know... I don't know, this is very controversial, you know. I think he's a very nice person but i don't know if he's the one who will unite everybody the tactic seems to be to say you know people voted for brexit and labor's um messaging seems to be we're going to go with brexit but we would have done it better which i think is the only position an opposition can really take at the moment i don't know i feel like everybody's like 52 48 and i felt that nobody was saying i am that i am i wanted to remain and i am the person for all the people who did? I, I feel like everything's being sort of fudged a bit. But I think that's what. Well, look, I, I think that's. Uh, you shouldn't talk about Brexit at Christmas, but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I think we're proving that. But I think that's what Jeremy and 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 are trying to do, which is to you know, and that's why people don't like it because they think it's a fudge. But it isn't a fudge. It's trying to speak to both people who you know, in my constituency, 72% leave yeah. and the people who voted remain. And that is really, yeah, exactly. You're saying you're raising up at 72%. It's a, you know, a big vote. It's and, really and it's uniting those those people, not just by telling them that they're wrong. I mean, anyway, I think it's your role. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, what does everybody want? Everybody wants, you know, the NHS. We all need the same things. We all need a better infrastructure in this country. And that's something exactly. that we can all unite against. And, and also, also we, the thing yeah. is that the, the amount of money that it's costing, it's not the right time for us to be spending this money on that. 
It but just it, isn't. But, but, the, but the, yeah, unfortunately, the referendum, you know, it happened. happened. And I didn't want uh-huh. the, the blasted referendum. But, you know, you know, where's David Cameron now? I mean, he's sort of... He's sitting, he's he's sitting in a sheep-insulated man shed eating yeah. cheese with that bloke from Blur. That's where he is. <laughs> I'm quite nervous Ed's about to open a bottle of I, sparkling This is going to go really wrong. Given your relationship with in, an, yeah. inanimate objects. This is going to go really wrong. But do you want me to do it? No, it'll be something to remember <laughs> Christmas by. Uh, now you you I think you oh, don't, I, don't, I haven't don't moved. you look a bit unnerved, Where Bridget. Am I? You're you're the hat there. Five, from, six, not, this could hit her in the eye. One, two, three. Don't oh, aim no. it at me. <laughs> no, one, two, three, four, don't five, point that thing at me. Nine. S- state. Ten. It's a ten, Bridget. What? It's a ten. Five plus four plus one. I'm sorry to be a pedant. Oh, so where am I there? <laughs> yes. People say you can't trust Labour with the economy. <laughs> Uh, right. What what is it? Could, Joel, can you read it? it? Says, oh, I don't get it because more red. trade unions, more trade unions, workers, three assets. Oh, right, but that doesn't. That's not a sort of Bridget Square. Do is you it? want me to do it? No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to insist. This is a taking okay. Here we go. I know it is taking ages. Just no. It's you painful roll, to watch, isn't it? Roll. Have you it's opened a, very, a bottle before? I have <laughs> opened a bottle before. It's just. I, it's twist, not my twist. Not, I am twisting. It's not my natural forte. Righty tighty. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on to it. Don't yeah. let it go into my face. No. <laughs> this is like giving you good material for the Milliverse. Yes, Joel. Of I think it's fair to say. I mean, honestly, we thought you might be running out of material. So, uh, here it's we like, go. Shall I do it? No, this never comes to racing drivers gla- on the podium. Give me a glass. And... <laughs> Climax. But there was a perfect, <laughs> But no, but nobody got hurt. I mean, that's the that miracle. That's the Christmas miracle. I mean, don't speak too yeah. soon. It was, a very, <laughs> it was a very quiet pop, though, wasn't it? Well, I know, but I don't think you, I did it pretty. I, I mean, I did it pretty well, actually. You did. You did it. Extremely. I mean, my wife would have been incredibly surprised at how well that went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she would have expected it to sort of go really badly. Right, Jeffrey, it's your it's your turn to roll. I'm calling him Jeffrey because it's Christmas, and it, that's it, what it annoys it me. <laughs> yeah, it is sort of yeah, it annoys you. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Uh, Ed. 14, I think. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, where are my workers? Oh, sorry. One, One, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. What does it say? I can't quite remember. State legalises gambling. State legalises gambling. How does that impact on the workers? It doesn't seem to impact on the workers. You pass me your glass, you go. go Do do you not get any assets or anything? I would have if I'd landed on that, wouldn't I? Yeah. I seem to get assets for just sitting here, really. Right, I think we should drink a toast. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. And here is to a cheerful, optimistic 2018. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And also the otters. We've always got the otters. otters. And we might have aliens. Mm -hmm. Go on. There's an interstellar object being seen in our solar system. Is that right? Yes. Really? It's sort of terrifying as well, though. Wow. It's unidentified and the wrong shape to be a normal asteroid type thing. Do Do you quite sort of... Are you quite... Following your follower? No, it's just in all the news. Well, I, hadn't, I hadn't noticed. Is it, is it on course to hit the Earth? No. Was it? Lembe- it's it's moving away from us. I think. Remember when Lembert Opic asked his first question in Parliament? It was about um, what? what would happen. Lembert <laughs> Opic, the first time he ever stood up in Parliament, was to ask what plans have been made um, if there was an asteroid on course for the Earth. What, <laughs> what we do? That was and his finest just, hour, I think. People just laughed at him, but I think it's a good question. It is a good question. I mean, it's quite hard to prepare for it, though, isn't it? For the for a massive asteroid. Oh, I think you're there, actually. Oh, sorry, yes. Oh, look, now we've... Inter- this is really exciting, because General Joel strike. has landed on Confrontation General Strike. Right. What does it's that mean? It's one of the yellow squares. Um, and the yellow squares... Let me just tell you about the 
uh, yellow squares. Confrontations. There are conf- six confrontations get, uh, squares. Excuse me. Life in the factory, two elections, two general strikes, when all the workers lay down their tools, and the revolution. The revolution is, I think, at the end. Uh, if either major class or its allies lands on a confrontation square, has a choice whether or not to call a confrontation. Mm. Non-allied minor classes, that's you, Joel, cannot call a confrontation. Ah. Oh, sorry. And only the major classes, not even their allies, can call the final confrontation, which is the revolution. Uh, right, okay, well, we're not having a confrontation, but that is just a sort of... Isn't one of the squares nuclear war? Yeah. Is that not the final that, confrontation? Look. Yeah, that's oh bad God. news. Nu- nuclear war is bad news. Joel, have you got anything planned for the Milliverse for Christmas? Well, I usually do this... Well, last year I did this thing called Millie Mass, which was celebrating Ed Miliband's birthday. Uh, Which is Christmas Eve. Which is Christmas Eve. Indeed it is. Uh, Speaking of which, Ed, your birthday is coming up. I know, it's... Um, Oh, so I thought, Joel has a little something. I got you uh, a little gift. Oh, that's so kind of you. And uh, I was thinking, it's unfair to get you a gift without getting Jeff something. So, Jeff, I got you a bag of revels. Oh, lovely. Love a revel. I think my highlight of 2017 was my misshapen revel. True. It was a thing well, of your finest moment, actually. So, what are you going to hear about his misshapen revel? <laughs> his misshapen. Got a misshapen revel, revel. yeah. It was oh, really what shape was it? It was it was the shape cocktail of an ear bud. It was like cocktail, a small cocktail sausage or a large earbud. Yeah, it was well, quite. Rev- what was inside? It was it was just chocolatey. We ate it together. Like it was like Lady in the Trap with the spaghetti. <laughs> Me and Ed with this one revel. It was a really quite a beautiful moment. It was quite a romantic moment. Yeah, well. it sounds like it yeah, was. Yeah. Who did you break it or bite it and? Both bit it. Yeah, you that's how it. intimate oh, things are. Oh, look at that! That is a brilliant Let present. <laughs> So, Joel, you're a genius. So, Joel has got me a framed photo of that infamous tweet by David Cameron on the 4th of May 2015 at 7.26am. Britain faces a simple and inescapable choice, stability and strong government with me or chaos with Ed Miliband. That is a fantastic... Honestly, that is great. That is totally... (laughs) That is is brilliant. Where are you going to put it? Oh, I'm going to give it pride of place. <laughs> toilet, toilet wall, that, isn't it? I think it might even be better than the toilet wall, actually. Mantelpiece. Yeah. I think it's your role. Oh, is it? Oh, no, I did that and went around there. Oh, did you? Oh, so what did you get, Bridget? Um, is is third, got... Yeah, but I didn't get anything because it's red. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think... But the square was, just in case people want to know, oh, Cap- yeah. capitalists throw many workers' leaders in prison. Mm. So it's worked out well for you. Doesn't sound like Do... you, does it, really? Uh, n- no, it, I'm trying to commit to it now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is. Uh, 6, 5, 11, 12. Where am I? Shall I move yes, you? Yes, please. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Male and female workers unite to fight sexism. Oh. Workers, three assets. I, I, I'm afraid you're not allowed to be happy about that, Bridget, because oh. you're the capitalist. You oh. don't want them. And, and, I mean, you could get into character here. Um, well, I think that's a ridiculous idea. Exactly. <laughs> so, Joel, while you're rolling, uh, and, and given my bottle opening skills, turned out to be absolutely sort of supreme and brilliant. I think Joel found a recent cutting from the Daily Mail. Yeah, it's one of which the is, first. Which is time. the first time I mentioned the Daily Mail when I set my shirt on fire at a, <laughs> at a Did you? candles. I have problems with candles. <laughs> he set a copy of the Financial Times on fire in a cafe recently, <laughs> and, and I, I had sort of forgotten conveniently that this was. The, I thought this was the first time it had happened, but it had happened once before. It was at a bar, and I, I was resting casually on the bar. And there was a candle, and it sort of. Whoosh. Oh my 
God. Yeah. Are you okay? Like, I was absolutely fine. Yeah. He's a real life Mr. Bean. I know. It's true. Very Thank Christmas-y. you very much. Thank you very much. While, while we've been talking about this, something very dramatic has happened to the capitalists in the board game. <laughs> the capitalists have landed on the confrontation square. Okay, here we are. In a confrontation, each side adds up its assets and debits, allies account together, and the side with the highest number of assets after debits are subtracted wins. In the case of the elections and general strike, blah, blah, blah. In the case of revolution, winning the confrontation is winning the game. So, do, so basically, who has, who has the most assets is is the winner at this. To point. land on the revolution square, hang on. Classes to get an exact number on the dice. You did in revolution. The points of one's allies only count if they've arrived in the revolution square. A major class, that's you, Bridget, which needs these points to win, should not call this confrontation unless its allies have joined it in the final square. Now, basically, I think if you've got right. more assets than Jeff, you can call the confrontation, and the capitalists have won. Can, can I not join my assets together with those of my allies? You haven't got any allies, unfortunately, because you don't want to be my allies. <laughs> okay, I, I know how many assets I have here. You got yours counted yeah. up, Joel. You've got yours counted up, Ed. I've got mine counted. Oh, well, okay. I've counted mine. Hang on a minute. So, without allies, I have eleven assets. Right. How many? How many assets are you holding there? Eleven. I've got oh. 11 as well. I've got 14. So it's 11 11 between the workers it's and the 11, capitalists. It's 11 11 workers and capitalists. And the farmers and the students hold the balance of power. Joel has 14 right. assets. Yeah, I'd say we are now in the negotiations here. I don't want to win if that. Which means up the workers! <laughs> power to the people! You're the first capitalist in world history uh, <laughs> who doesn't want to win. We chose the right capitalist for this I game. Win. You don't think you should win? I, I would reject your money if you, if you want to. Basically, so we can all go in with Jeff. Yeah. And we're living in a Jeffocracy. Socialist utopia Jeffocracy. And despite your failure of leadership. <laughs> <laughs> so you won. Well done. Yeah, well, be- I think we all because won. Because you were a good capitalist. Because you're such a good capitalist. We all want. You're an ethical capitalist. You're an ethical yeah. capitalist. And that, you know, so you, you can sort of feel it good about yourself, not just because of the otters. Setting an example to You're the Philip Greens of this world. Never mind the patriotic millionaires. Well, we have the power to change our, you know. Board games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, going to be your first act? You, you, you get inaugurated January the 1st as a result of playing class struggle. <laughs> you, take, you take the reins of power. They come to you and say... Yeah, yeah I got it. I'm, I'm going to straight away, like, uh, I'm issuing a decree to get rid of the raisin flavoured revels. No one likes them. <laughs> Is there a raisin revels? Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's, uh, you know, you're dicing with danger every time your hand goes into that bag, Bridget. I think what you can say about him is, you know, he ran on a, he ran on a manifesto of big change. <laughs> And he's, you know, he is de- and he's delivering. You know, he's delivering on what he said, and that you know, yeah. what what could be more helpful to restore faith in politics than that? I think we face a, a, a simple and inescapable choice. You know, good revels with Jeff or chaos with Ed. Exactly, exactly. exactly. We choose the good revels. Thanks very much for listening to our Christmas podcast. We've got another one coming out on New Year's Day. Thanks, as ever, to our team uh, who worked so hard. Emma Corsham, who produces and edits the show, and Alex Feisbrice, who does all the research and backup with Lindsay Todd. Thanks to Gail Lofthouse for being our announcer, James Deacon for making our idents, Ed Seed for providing the music, and Emily Power, uh, who did our artwork. You do that so well. Well, I, I, I do a good job of remembering You do it so all. well, yeah. Uh, you know, I had to mop up you not remembering people's names I last do, Yeah, I know. Thank you for so, robbing that. In. So do you want to thank our guests then? I would. I want to thank in particular Bridget Christie and Joel Corner for joining us. Bridget, tell us about your tour, your 2018 tour. Right, well that kicks off in March in Glasgow and then um, all around the country and then ending up in London in the autumn. Can I come? 
yes, please, and you can sit down this time. Right. And, um, <laughs> and all dates are on my website. And what's the name of the tour? What Now. What Now. What Now. Good, t- good title what for a tour. What do we do now? Yeah. And Joel, and, people can follow the Milliverse on yeah, Twitter. At the Milliverse. I'm also at Joel Corner. And you don't just do the Milliverse. You do, you write books. That's not I a full-time time job. No, no. no it is. I, 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 it's not my full-time job, unfortunately. I wish it was. I wish I was being paid to do it. Uh, but no, I write books. I've had two novels published, The Sea Stone Sword and The Sky Slayer, both released by Grimball Books. And uh, yeah, they'll be on joelcorner.com. We really want to thank Richard and Rianne Douglas because they sent us the board game class struggle. Unfortunately, I couldn't lay my hands on the Miliband family copy uh, of class struggle. Um, and they <laughs> it were... sounds like you're apportioning blame there a little. Like somebody's scarped off to America with it, perhaps. Uh, no, I think it just. I just think it's not. It wasn't available immediately. Available, but it's absolutely brilliant that they sent it to us, and we will send it back to them in in the condition which it arrived, uh, which is sort of relatively pristine given it's a 40-year-old game. And if you want to go and buy Class Struggle, it's not available in the shops. Maybe we'll lead to it being reissued uh, as a result of this podcast. Now time for the sign-off. She's been Bridget Christie, the capitalist. He's been Ed Miliband, the farmers. He's been Joel Corner, the students. He's been Jeff Lloyd, the workers. Up the workers, it's the Jeffocracy. And these have been Christmas. Reasons to be cheerful. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Let's go, Jeff. One, two, a one, two, three. Truly hydrated skin, Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O S E A Malibu.com code SUMMER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.